0: Hi, friends this is Jillian and Kaylin and you're listening to in case you missed it on teach me how to adult a podcast on navigating the ups and downs of adulthood from managing
1: stress and finances to crushing your career and love life tune in every Monday as we share game-changing tips from our guests that you might have missed adulting isn't easy but we got you
0: Honestly, it feels like we are in a loneliness epidemic right now. And as we hit our 30s, we found that our groups of friends were just getting smaller and smaller. Everyone is super busy. They're moving away. We're all suddenly in different life stages. And even though this seems to be like a universal experience that everyone's going through, it can feel like there's something wrong with us. Like I never used to have Friday nights where I'd be sitting at home like I probably will tonight being like, do I have friends? (laughs) Where are my friends? Um, Does anybody like me? So why do you think friendships dwindle and that life gets lonelier as we age? And why is it just so damn hard to, to maintain friends? Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack in in what you just shared. And I appreciate you laying that out there because I think
2: so many people, myself included, can relate to this. And I think this is also part of the difficulty with the experience of loneliness is that we tend to feel very alone in our loneliness. And so when we're going through it, there's a tremendous amount of shame and and self-judgment that takes place that really just makes a difficult situation even more challenging, right? And there are very good reasons why we are staying home on a Friday night, wondering where our friends are, right? I mean, some of these are very um, external to who we are as individuals and as people, meaning that as we age, uh, society, let's call it, is not structured in a way that really allows us to maintain our friendships Mm -hmm. with ease or with the ease that we might have felt when we were younger, right? Mm -hmm. That when we were elementary school in high school in college even there was a lot in place keeping us together right, right. there were classes yeah. there were extracurricular activities there were organized events there were a lot of people chipping in together to make those organized events and social gatherings happen and the older we get we don't have those same societal structures really tying us to each other yeah so this is something that a lot of people experience layered on top of that of course the older we get the more we have on our plate to manage and to juggle, right? Other relationships, uh, partners, children, aging parents, right? And all the caregiving responsibilities that can go with that. Mm -hmm. We're really focused, many of us on building careers, right? And engaging in meaningful projects and personal growth and all the exciting things that happen in that space. Not to say that any of that isn't very important, but so too are our are our friendships. And I will say that one of the themes that's been very clear to me since I started this work is that for many people, friendships tend to fall at the very end of that list. And so it is very difficult to, again, make the time, prioritize it the same way we do everything else. And so we end up feeling alone, judging ourselves
0: for that and feeling quite disconnected. Yeah. I relate to everything you just said that makes so much sense.
1: I know, and I think too. I've I've noticed as we age, you sort of change too. Like what I used to yes. find fun is very different now, and that's been a struggle that I've had because, for example, I don't really drink as much as I used to, and that was kind of like a big part of going out and hanging out with my friends was yeah. the drinking aspect and the socialization. So I find like art, my interests yeah. have changed, and because of that. The people I gravitate to have changed a bit too. Absolutely. So, no, I think this
2: is an important piece to actually highlight really explicitly because when we look at that experience of whether it's being alone and feeling lonely, which frankly are two separate experiences. And I think that's important to also highlight, right? So for for some people or sometimes the idea of staying home on a Friday night feels daunting and lonely and other times it is something that we are so looking forward to and exactly what we need right and we want that quiet time and we don't want to be bothered we don't want people checking in on us right so that really is an important piece to highlight and I think the other thing that definitely comes into play here is this idea of personal growth and of Mm self-reflection and the Older we get, there's there's a certain amount of life experience and wisdom that comes with that. To know this is a moment where I need to become a little bit more uh, insular and turning inward and really kind of prioritizing myself and my own needs. Or for many people too, I am learning more about myself, what I value, who I am, and with that comes a tremendous amount of friendship change. Who am I surrounding myself with? How am I connecting with people? And so we do see that friendship networks shift
0: alongside personal growth yeah and that mindset shift too makes such a difference because to me it's about having the choice so it's like if I choose to stay at home on a Friday because I really want to work on my writing or I really want to do a workout class and then have like a self-care night like I feel empowered I feel good I'm proud of myself it's personal growth but when you're at home alone, and you feel like it wasn't your choice, and that you just don't have any options, that's when it feels shitty. So I've been working yeah. this year on just trying to do that like little reframe of okay, I, I could create options, I could go out, I could do this, I'm at home though, and I should make the most of this and enjoy it and make it time for myself. Exactly. Yeah, I think highlighting that piece of choice is so important, right? Recognizing
2: where we do have some control and what are the choices that we're making. And I think what you're also touching on here is this idea of not making a, a mountain out of a molehill, yeah. right? We can recognize that that might not feel great. That feels a little shitty. We feel a little lonely in those moments, right? Without necessarily going to that place of I have no friends. Yeah. I, nobody likes me. Yeah. It will forever be like this. And it really is very easy to go to that place because Our friendships are so important and so personal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, so I had a baby a year and a half ago and also moved across the countries. Don't recommend folks. Don't recommend (laughs) really, really two big life changes and don't have a ton of friends here. I also work from home and Jill also had a ton of friends that moved away and she's a freelancer who also works remote from home a lot of the time. So neither of us really get to meet people in our day to day, which is kind of hard. I don't meet new people ever. Yeah. (laughs) It's a rarity, r- right? It's a <laughs> An event. And we're ready. We are ready for some friends in yeah. our life. So do you have any tips on how we can feel a little less lonely and isolated when we're trying to make some new friends, given our situation? Definitely.
2: Part of, I think, what we really need to recognize is that friendships don't just happen. There really is this tendency to uh, romanticize our relationships of all kinds, frankly, right? We dream up meet-cutes in terms of romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. and we do that for our friendships as well, right? Especially with social media, and we see the lives that everyone else has, and we just really want that for ourselves. It's easy to feel like that is somewhere out there, and we don't really know where that there is or how to get there. Yeah. So the first step is really to step outside of our cocoons, right? And that is especially difficult as new mothers, as new parents, right? As someone who's really cultivated a routine around their work and working from home. Love routine. It is really hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Creat- creature comforts. I'm a creature of habit. I get it. I really do, right? I'll tell you what I'm doing Friday night because it's exactly what I did last Friday night, right? <laughs> but we really do need to take... take... Take that step of trying something new. And this can look different for different people. Sometimes the best strategy is to actually go out there and pursue a new hobby. Enroll in some type of activity that you used to love when you were younger and haven't you know participated in a while an art class a sports team yeah. that thing that we have been wanting to return to or something new that we've been wanting to try and so using that as a bit of a guidepost to to step outside of your routine out of your comfort zone and meet new people who probably are like-minded, at least when it comes to the interest in that specific activity, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's one key strategy, which sounds simple, but of course is difficult to do. If that feels too scary, or if you're in a place where you're not exactly sure what that thing is, that activity is, another really great strategy is to actually pick a more social place. And this is actually one of the big things that has impacted, I would say, the Certainly the frequency with which we interact with our friends, but also just how connected we feel in terms of our communities. There's been a decline of shared social spaces in terms of how neighborhoods are actually designed. Oh. And that is actually to our great disadvantage. And if you can think about this, you know, where are the places, where are the public places where people are hanging out, frequenting that I would like to be right. That might be uh, a dog park, a park, right? A playground as a parent where you're looking to meet other parents. That might be a coffee shop in your neighborhood where you can go and work and meet other people who are also uh, freelancers or entrepreneurs and working in public spaces, but try that out. And the reason why this is so helpful, firstly, try it out, but try it out more than once because we know that it usually takes a few times of being in a situation before we feel like we can be a little bit more open in terms of connecting with people. And ideally, we start to get a sense of who the regulars are, right? And we start to notice familiar faces. Again, a fellow parent on the playground, or somebody else who's working on their computer every Thursday morning, right, at 10 o'clock. And if you've had a few of those moments, then you can start to build on that. You smile, you say good morning, ask how's your day going, right? And you can kind of build from there. So that's really, really powerful. The other thing I will say that I don't think is mentioned enough is that we actually benefit from very casual social encounters much more than we recognize. So the goal is perhaps to meet new friends, right? Which is a very uh, appropriate and admirable goal, but... The lower level goal is really just, again, to invite more connection into our lives. And if we can have a familiar face, whether it is somebody else working alongside us or the barista at a coffee shop, and if we have those small moments of connection where we're smiling at each other, we're saying good morning, those very brief encounters actually do wonders when it comes to our sense of connectedness and community, much more than we recognize.
1: Thanks for starting your week with us. If you enjoyed today's In Case You Missed It, check out our show notes for the full episode. We would love it if you subscribed, left us a comment or a rating, and followed us on Instagram. See you next time.